You know, what do you do if you're in a boat in the middle of the ocean, a little rowboat, and you can't see land anywhere? That and more is going to be answered in this show. I spoke with Tyler Garns. He is an expert at marketing and marketing strategy, including he is the guy who founded the Marketing Strategy School and Box Out Marketing. This is one that's going to really show you how to make sure your marketing strategy gets you to land. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Welcome. I am so excited to have you here with us. Thank you for coming. If you're watching, thanks for watching. If you're listening, thank you very much for listening. This is Sastery in the Making, and we are really, really focused on getting you leveled up so you can achieve better and better business growth for your software company. I am delighted to be joined today by my special guest, Tyler Garns. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Matt. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you're here. And let me tell everybody about you, Tyler. Tyler is the founder and CEO at Box Out Marketing. If you're watching on the on the uh, video, you can see he's got the really cool background with the logo. I love it. And really, Box Out Marketing helps businesses get real results with Keep, or what you may have known formerly as Infusionsoft, through their strategic coaching and campaign implementation services. So he's really helping people who have Keep make sure that they're maximizing it. He's also the founder at Marketing Strategy School. This is a really, really cool thing. He's helping business leaders learn how to prevent marketing fails. And he's formerly the VP of Marketing at Keep himself. So he's you know, really done a great job. He helped them accelerate. Now, I'm here in Arizona. Keep is based here in Arizona. And so I know very closely how the, the path of this thing. And he was instrumental in helping this thing really scale and grow. He uh, really helped generate leads and sales opportunities for the sale team and responsible for branding and messaging, positioning and running the marketing events and, and so much more. So Tyler, I'm really glad to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks again. Really, really excited to be here with you guys and share whatever I have to offer. I love it. Cool, cool. So first, just tell me, you know, what's been going on with you lately and what's coming up? Well, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, most recent thing is we launched Marketing Strategy School a few months ago. Um, you know, it's really just a, for me, kind of a culmination of many years working in this space. Uh, you know, as, as an agency, uh, that's what Box Out Marketing essentially is. It's an agency for keep users. We help them implement campaigns. And um, in, in that world, I've just learned over the years that uh, most business owners are masters of their craft. They're, they're great at what they do. They're not necessarily marketers. And so uh, what they tend to do is they, they just throw money at the marketing problem. Okay, well, we need leads. We'll go hire a Facebook guy. Here, here's some money. Go run our Facebook ads. Or they hire an agency. Maybe it might be a branding agency. It might be a you know lead generation agency, whatever. They just throw money at the problem. It might be even internal people or consultants uh, that they hire to, to try and solve this problem. And uh, what I've learned is that the, the business owner, if they do that, has a very, very little chance for success. No matter how good those people are, uh, the business owner, the founder, the visionary needs to take some ownership of the marketing strategy, tie it in with their big business vision and make sure all that stuff's aligned. And then they can delegate appropriately, right? Not that the business owner needs to do the work, but you can't delegate the work appropriately if you, if you don't kind of 
have your strategy nailed down. So that's what marketing strategy school is, um, is all about. And actually, Matt, if we have a minute and you can tell me if you don't want to go down this road, but I like to walk through this little exercise sometimes with, with business owners to help them see the need for this and, and why it's so important. Um, if you're, if you're okay, I'll, I'll ask you this question. So okay. Matt, imagine, and anyone else who's listening, imagine you're in a, a rowboat uh, in the middle of the ocean. You can't see any land. You're just out there. You've got oars and your boat, and that's it. What do you do? <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, that you're, you're bringing in some some dark fears here because I hate <laughs> deep water. Uh, but I would say I would start trying to check out where the sun is and starting to aim at you know maybe where it comes up and pick a point. But I know that as soon as it starts going across the, the sky, I would probably start turning wrong. I don't know. That's a pretty tough one. Okay. So you're, you're, you're actually a little, little more clued in maybe than most people that I ask this question. You're going to use some celestial navigation of, of some sort or you're going to try. Um, but yeah, the, the bottom line is you've got essentially two choices. I can sit here and hopefully drift into something or I can row. But if I row, where the heck do I go? <laughs> exactly. And who's to say that I'm going to not put a whole bunch of effort into rowing and not get anywhere? I could be rowing away from land, right? It could be getting or in circles. Or in circles. It could Your be getting right arm stronger, left arm stronger. Exactly. So, um this is exactly what we do as business owners. If we don't have a clear strategy and we hire someone to go do our marketing, which is typically the way that people put it, <laughs> you know, generate leads or whatever. Uh, if we invite them into our boat and we have no idea where we're going, then you just got more people paddling around who knows where doing who knows what, uh, now contrast that, that, contrast that with, you can see off in the distance land, maybe even just a smidgen of it. I don't care what's in your way, sharks, storms, wind, whatever you're going to row, you're going to row with everything you got and eventually you'll, you'll get there. Or you got a real good shot of getting there, right? And so Truth. that's what marketing strategy school helps people do. It helps you stand up in your boat, find land, and tell everybody, hey, there's land. There's where we're going. Everyone row in the same direction. So, you know, I'm sure most people listening have been through all the standard exercises. You know, you need to define your messaging. You got to create your avatar. You got to do blah, 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 right? But okay, once you do all that, what do you actually do with it? Right? What's the sure. actual strategy? Or are we going to run webinars? Are we going to do you know ebooks? Like, how do you know what thing to do? And typically, it's like whatever the last guru told you. That's what you're going to follow. Or some friend that said, "Hey, I was really successful with this." But who's to say that that's land for you? It, it very well may not be. You have to define your own land. You have to know that it's the right strategy for your business model. Once you've got all that stuff lined up, then you can go. You can go hard. I love it. What a great analogy. And it's really, really important because, you know, I think that so many times business owners don't quite know what to do. And yeah. they get out there and just like, well, I'll just do whatever I heard and I'll just do this or that. And you're right. They do, you know, often drift or row in circles because they're not doing the right thing at the right time with the right amount of focus on, on, a, on a particular topic. And I think it's really important that this is out there. And I hope that people understand how, how critical it is to have a strategy. And I love earlier that you talked about 
that they have to take ownership of the marketing. We talk about that. So your marketing, I'm sales focused and I help people understand how to make sure their sales process delivers on what marketing has brought them so that you are actually able to close some deals. And it's really, really important for early stage founders and top leaders to be able to be a part of that process and to understand how it works. Not only will you be able to get to know your market better, but you'll also be able to understand what the right process is. So when you do hire somebody, you know if they're doing it right or not. So I completely resonate with what you're saying. Yeah, I like to ask the question, are you are you delegating the marketing responsibility? Therefore, you have a clear idea of the outcomes and the way you're going to hold people accountable and, and all that kind of stuff. Or are you just abdicating responsibility? <laughs> and, and most of the time, it's just abdication because, because we don't know, right? We're not marketing experts. We're doctors or lawyers or software companies or whatever. And that hasn't been our training and our expertise. And so it's, it's easy to fall into that trap, but that's what we're helping people solve. I love it. And, and it's really something, you know, marketing strategy that not a lot of founders know about or something they're doing at all or, or well. So what mistakes are made, you know, in practical setting, if a proper marketing strategy isn't set up and followed to a T, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, the biggest mistakes, we, we kind of already hit on one, which is just kind of doing whatever everyone else is doing. Uh, and, and one, oftentimes, uh, it's just not the right strategy in general. And two, even if it is, and everyone else is doing it, then you're not necessarily going to stand out, right? So it's not always a good idea to, to do what everyone else is doing. Um, what, what people don't realize is that the strategy is actually, in most cases, a little easier to figure out than you might think. And it has to do with your business model and your pricing. Pricing and business model actually define and direct the, the strategy quite a bit. I mean, just think about it. If I'm selling a $10,000 service or $50,000 service or whatever, I'm not going to do that with an online funnel into a, into a webinar and expect sales to happen, right? Of course. I, have, I talk about that all the time. Like I have yeah. com- companies coming to me and saying, hey, we've got a $10,000 product and nobody's buying it online. I'm like, how's your process? Well, right. I just wanted to click in. Nobody's <laughs> clicking around buying $10,000 worth of stuff. Exactly. Right. A conversation is going to need to be had. You're going to need yep. to have a sales team and a sales process like you like you talked about. Right. So that, that helps us define the strategy a little bit. Just the pricing alone. You know, if we're selling seven dollar widgets. OK, that's going to be different. We're going to drive straight into a page with an offer and purchase right now. We don't even need to do opt in. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, let's just go straight for the jugular. It's like exactly. impulse buy, whatever. So um, local service businesses, you know, we, we always ask the question, hey, do you offer um what we call emergency services. So imagine a plumber. Um, you know, I've got a leak at home. It's spewing water, sewage all over the house. I've got an emergency. You know, I'm not going to get on a webinar. I'm not going to get an ebook. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I'm going to Google search. I'm going to get the phone number. I'm going to call the first person at the top of the list. If they answer and they've got a semi-reasonable offer, I'm, I'm done. Like it's over. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> so that that strategy is very different. So the pricing and the business model, we, we bucket everyone into four different business models, local services, online services, e-commerce and influencers, which isn't just social media influencers, basically speakers, authors, coaches, consultants, that kind of stuff. All of those have kind of a structure that works. And then based on pricing, you can start to figure out the right ways to, to do that. And then once you understand the, the strategic flow, now you can get creative. Okay, maybe webinar is the right way. How can we do webinar a little bit differently? How can we get creative with it? How can we get interesting and and stand out a little bit? Uh, is there a different format for that same type of a sales process? Uh, so then it gets that's where the fun starts, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That is definitely a fun time to try and figure that out and then tweak and refine and optimize. I'm sure you're amazing at that. In fact, I want to want to hear more about your time back at Keep. Yeah. You know, as I mentioned, you guys scaled really quickly with your help making that happen. What were some of the best things that you did? What what did you what did you implement and execute on that really helped make that work? Yeah, so I'll I'll just say right from the get-go, I'm not the most creative person. Um, I became a decent copywriter in the process of, of working there and having to do a, a lot of that stuff, but I'm, I'm not by nature, a great copywriter. I'm not a very persuasive salesperson. Like I, I, I don't have any background in marketing, or at least I didn't before I started there. I actually had a degree in human biology. So I was like exactly the wrong person to, <laughs> to be in those <laughs> shoes. And the reason I share that is because you don't have to be a marketing genius. The one thing that I kind of stumbled upon and figured out when I was at Keep was that Keep, formerly known as Infusionsoft, has a feature in there uh, where you can track what's called the lead source. So you get a lead in, goes through all your funnels, whatever, and the people buy. Well, at the end of the day, what we want to know is where can we find more profitable customers? Well, the easiest way to find more profitable customers is figure out where our current profitable customers came from, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the lead source is where they came from, not just, you know, what did they do, but actually where they came from. Okay. So we say we're running Facebook ads, which campaign, maybe even specifically, which ad did they come from? And they made it all the way through the funnel. They became a customer and now they're a profitable customer. So if we can track that back, now we've got very basic analytics on how much we spent on that ad and how much revenue was generated. And there were, mm -hmm. therefore we can calculate a return on investment and in ROI. Nowadays, I think it's gotten overly complex. You can, you can measure so many different things, right? And you can measure what people call multi-touch attribution. Well, yeah, they came from Facebook, but then they did the webinar and then they clicked on this and then they opened that email and then they attended mm. this other thing and then whatever. And so we have to account for all the attribution of all the things. Yeah, maybe eventually. <laughs> but for most businesses, if you just keep it simple, you're like, okay, we spent 10 grand here. It generated eight grand in revenue. Let's not do that anymore. Over here, we spent 20 grand. It generated 50 grand in, in revenue. Hey, let's do some more of that. And literally, that's like the game-changing thing. Yeah, you know, I was given a budget when I started. It's $300 a month. So I had to like, wow. I had to test, <laughs> I had to test and tweak in a very like, that's where maybe my, my background in science came in, into play. And I just test and tweak in a very systematic way to kind of figure that stuff out. But it was tracking the lead sources and the return on those investments that helped me dial it in. I'm like, oh, within 30 to 60 days, I can tell. We spent money and we made money or we spent money and we lost money. And it really is just that simple. Like we try and overcomplicate it. And again, you hire consultants and agencies and whatever, and they want to show you that they're super smart. And so they're going to bring in all kinds of crazy analytics and whatever. It's like, just ignore it all. We spent money and did we make money or did we lose money? That is the ultimate question. And if you can track that well and, and you know, be confident in that data, you can go crazy. You can grow really fast. I love it. And just making it so much simpler makes it a lot easier, especially for who a lot of our audience is, early stage founders who don't have huge teams. Yeah. It's hard to kind of figure out, okay, all these analytics, I got to spend hours pouring through this. No, yeah. let's organize by lead source, figure out, okay, what'd you spend and what'd you get out of it? I think that's yeah. super, super critical. And I'm surprised at how many teams and people who have the resources don't organize or segment by lead source. Do you see that a lot? 
it's extremely common. I mean, I'm just blown away. I go into companies and and take a look at what they're doing, and they're measuring everything under the sun, except for lead source <laughs> tracking. Like, amazing, the return, amazing. The return on the actual investment. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing here? Um, I actually did a, a recent stint with um, with Keep again. They were they were hiring a new CMO. They asked me to step in, just interim ninety days, uh, VP of of lead generation, and they were really deep into all this multi-touch attribution. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. I'm happy we have that, but let's kind of back up a step, look at the basics. And it was harder than I expected to get to that data. You know, they've evolved their systems over the years since I left and they're using a lot of more advanced systems, systems that I'm not familiar with and whatever. So we had to kind of work together to figure that stuff out, which just surprised me. I'm like, look, this is, this is the basics of the story. You know, if you don't have the basics, then you can't get into the details and the details don't make sense. You know, the multi-step, multi-touch attribution stuff doesn't really help unless we know the basics, the foundation of where we're at. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I totally understand how it happens. I've been there. Yeah, you have a particular funnel with an exact link and then you decide, okay, we're going to go over here and you put the same one on instead of, you know, hey, let's make a new one here just to make sure even yeah. though you duplicate. <laughs> I, I, I understand why that happens, but you got to figure it out and make sure you're organized. Get that attribution right. And I did a I did a show actually with a, an attribution expert. That's all he does is just focus on marketing attribution. Yeah. And uh, it was really interesting to hear uh, some of the same things that you're saying, Tyler. I I completely agree. Uh, did it so, happen to be uh, Scott from Wicked Reports? Is that who it was? I don't think so. I'm I'm <laughs> failing right now as a podcast host, not remembering all of my no guests worries. explicitly. No worries. I shouldn't have put you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, no. I no. I should know everybody. I usually do, but um, I, I can't remember who it was. But if yeah. you are listening, look for <laughs> attribution just down the list here from this one, and you will see it and be able to to watch that one. Um, but I, I so is this part of what made you want to start Box Out and help people understand their keep, you know, instance better. Yeah, really, the reason I started Box Out twofold. One was I always knew that I was going to do my own thing eventually. You know, just growing up, that was always kind of the plan. When I started awesome. at, at Keep, I told them that. I said, look, I, I don't know how long I'll be here, but eventually I'm going to do my own thing. And uh, so that was just kind of the the next step. You know, the entrepreneurial itch was just too strong. I had to just go do it. Awesome. Um, but in the process of working at Keep, I felt like I had learned so much. Like I said, I didn't have a background in small business growth and marketing and all this stuff. And I had just soaked up so much information. I felt like, man, it would be you know silly of me to not help and not share with small business owners out there, um, you know, the things that I've learned. And so that's uh, that's what really drove it. You know, I've stayed kind of uh, at least with the agency side of things. I've stayed in that keep community. Our our agency does implementation only for keep customers. Marketing strategy school, you know, is for any business owner who wants to grow and scale. But, um, but yeah, I've stayed in that in that community because I'm passionate about what Keep can do for businesses, uh, and I just think that um, it, it's really really fun being able to use that software to to help people grow. That's awesome. So I want to hear some of your some of your you know best advice and kind of pick your brain a little bit. What would you say are some of the best marketing? practices. We talked about maybe making sure that, you know, you're focused on your lead attribution, but really if you're an early stage, you know, leader of a company, what should you be thinking about? What should you be, what should you be focusing on in order to drive leads and grow the business? Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to attempt to not get too tactical 
in response to that, right? Because then I'm just like everybody else we just talked about. I'll throw, start throwing out, well, you can do this, you can do that. And then it won't be applicable necessarily to the people who are listening because it may sure. not fit their business model. It may not fit their pricing model and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it would be irresponsible for me to say, well, webinars are really great or such and such is really good. Um, but we'll back up at a more strategic high level and give you something really simple to think about. Um, one thing I always share uh, in, in what I teach and with our clients is that you should always have a fast track and a slow track. Uh, what that means is there are some people that come into your funnel that are they're ready to buy or they're really close and they just need to get a few questions answered, get some clarity and they're good to go. Mm -hmm. Those people are on the fast track. And what we tend to do, especially in the keep world or the HubSpot world or the you know, marketing automation world, since we have these really cool tools and we can automate the customer journey, we tend to create this automated journey that if someone is ready to go right now, they're sitting around going like, hey, what's, can I just talk to someone? Instead, they're like, oh no, wait three days, then send another email and then wait four days and then invite them to the webinar and then wait three days more and do this. And it's like, no, they just want to get to the next step. Like, can we just mm -hmm. get them there? So we want to make sure there's always a fast track. But then, of course, the majority of the people aren't ready yet. They do need the slow track. And that's where follow-up is just the name of the game. And uh, what, what we always encourage people to do is use automation all the way to the point where you need to employ human capital, right? If, if, the, if a conversation is needed, then a conversation is needed. You're likely not going to automate the entire sale, especially if it's a higher priced item, right? So for sure, use automation up to that point. Use automation to build the relationship, build the personal relationship that needs to be there before you actually get on the phone. Mm -hmm. And then Makes at sense. that point, you know, then we employ human capital to, to clarify and close the deal. Um, but that slow track is necessary and, and, you know, nurturing and education and all that kind of stuff is and relationship building is important to, to be there for when that person is ready. Cause we can't force them to be ready when we want them to be ready, which is what we always are trying to do. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But eventually it's going to happen. So, you know, if you're the trusted resource along the way, then, um, then that's, uh, that's going to benefit you. It's, it's really all about follow-up. Um, and I'll just add one other thing to that, that more and more and more, we all need to be thinking more multi-channel. And I know that's been a message for so many years, but uh, email marketing is just becoming harder and harder. Now, I'm not at all saying email marketing is dead or it's ineffective or whatever. It's not. It's still probably the most effective channel for a lot of this stuff. Yep. But the more you can incorporate text message, uh, even direct mail, uh, you know, retargeting all kinds of different things uh the, the better off you're going to be because emails is just right. getting tougher the the email service providers the gmails the hotmails etc they're filtering and all kinds of stuff more and more and more and it's all based on engagement and you know uh, artificial intelligence looking at like each individual person do they open do they click do they whatever and based on that behavior you know, now filtering, oh, they haven't opened their last 10 emails, so they're not going to open this one. So let's put it in the promotions folder. Let's promote it, put it in the spam folder. So it's getting, it's getting a little trickier. Um, so we got to, we got to get creative and find other ways to reach people. I completely agree. I see that as well. And I love what you said earlier about the follow-up. Uh, you know, I've always taught my clients, the fortune is in the follow-up and, you know, there've been studies out that very few from a, from obviously in marketing, you want to follow up to get them to the next stage, whatever that is. But in sales, you want to follow up after you have a call. And, you know, it's surprising to me how many people don't follow up. In fact, oh, yeah. there's, there's some studies out that about half of sales reps don't follow up after a sales yeah. call. And, 
uh, only so many percentage only do one call and then another one does two follow-ups. Whereas most of the deals are done after five follow-ups. So a large majority of people are not following up or doing it very few times, but most of the deals are one after five. So the same thing within the marketing world, if you're at a certain stage, you might want that, but you may not have a full level of trust or buy-in or understanding of your own problem to the point where you're ready to take to the next step, become a little more committed. But some marketing messaging, some follow-up that you mentioned is automated is really, really critical to get them to the next step. I, I completely believe in it. I've seen the data and yet it still doesn't happen. I'm sure you see the same thing. Oh, absolutely. And the exciting thing is uh, for those who want to employ some type of marketing automation is that you can oftentimes shorten the number of follow-ups required by a sales rep by employing those follow-ups automatically, right? I can't tell you how many times we've set up kind of this slow track, you know, automated follow-up process for a client or for ourselves or back when I was at Keep. And you get an email from someone in response to some of that stuff. And they're like, Okay, you got me. I'm ready. Yeah, and, and you've never had a conversation with them, but all of the relationship building and all the follow up over email and other media, finally they're like, okay, it, it, I'm ready. Can I talk to someone real quick? You know, answer a couple questions for me. I'm I'm ready to buy. And so you can shorten the sales cycle to a certain extent, at least the part that requires human capital, um, yep. by by having all that follow up happening automatically. Totally agree. That's awesome. Well, this has been great, Tyler. I really appreciate you coming and sharing your wisdom with us. How can our audience learn more about you and what you're doing at BoxOut? Yeah, I mean, BoxOutMarketing.com is our main website. So uh, particularly if you use uh, Keep, otherwise known as Infusionsoft, um, you know, that's that's where you can go to get information there. Uh, or if you're interested in using Keep, uh, certainly we can talk to you and help you determine if that's going to be a good fit. Uh, or if you're interested in you know, learning and owning and developing your, your marketing strategy for your business, uh, go to marketingstrategy.school. Uh, that program is run on roughly a quarterly basis. Uh, we, do, we do run it as live classes. And so um, right now enrollment is not open, but by the time the podcast rolls or you know, some point in the future when you're listening, it might be open. But at any point in time, you can go to that page and uh, just get on the list uh, to be notified next time we open enrollment or if enro- enrollment happens to be open, then you can check it out there. Very, very cool. We'll put all that in the show notes as well. But Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the show. There's been a lot of fun. No problem. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And for everybody out there, thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. It's been a lot of fun having you here. Make sure you are subscribed. You do not want to miss out on any more amazing leaders and creators like Tyler. So hit that subscribe button. Then you'll be notified of all the cool stuff we have coming up. Thank you very much for coming and we will see you next time. Take care. We'll be right back.